This is the European edition of Breaking Banks, the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show. We bring you the European unicorns, startups, founders, regulators and leaders innovating the rapidly evolving fintech scene today. A truly localized podcast with both English and local language content with some of the world's most well-known hosts and influencers in the fintech sector globally. Join us every week as we explore what makes the European Union a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll. Welcome to Breaking Banks Europe, the number one global fintech radio show and podcast. Every week since 2013, we explore the innovators, industry players, driving disruption in financial services. I'm Elizabeth Kleinfeld, and I've been working with fintech startups for the past 10 years. This is my first ecosystem zoom in. As we continue to look at the different fintech ecosystems around the globe, today we touch down in Serbia. So I'd like to welcome our two guests, Zoya and Malenko. Could you please introduce yourselves? Hi, Elizabeth. Uh, hi, Milenko. It's great to be here. Uh, my name is Zoya and I come from Belgrade. Uh, I've been a startup ecosystem for more than 10, more than a decade, a uh, startup ecosystem builder. Uh, but in the last several years, I'm working uh, mostly as a consultant and on my own personal uh, business. But once you are a startup uh, ecosystem builder, you can never go back. So I constantly jump in and out uh, and help out with some initiatives. So I hope that uh, my contribution will be relevant to your listeners and viewers. Thank you so much. Malinka. So, hi, Elizabeth, and uh, I'm Elenko Tosic. Uh, I currently own one startup, and behind me are two more startups. So, uh, while Zoya is an ecosystem builder, I'm, as they would say, an ecosystem user in Serbia. So, I do have, uh, I'm basically in the uh, IT business for the last 13 years uh, in different projects and then also started uh, uh, with some uh, cool startups from Internet of Things domain, uh, cryptocurrency domain, and now uh, artificial intelligence in legal tech. So that is my background and really looking forward to the discussions in representing what we have in Serbia. Thank you so much. So maybe we should first talk about what is the size of the country to get people to understand how big the ecosystem is and you know what's relevant for this particular ecosystem. So I can take that question. Um, so Serbia is approximately even less than 7 million people. So it's uh, not a big country. Uh, if you count the wider uh, Balkan region, there are several countries that speak the same language so or similar languages which which can we can count as a similar market but even then it's less than 25 million at ma at max uh so as a market on its own it's not big and it's not rich uh so when we speak about startup ecosystem in general uh, i think when looking at serbia we need to say that uh it's mostly born global. So all the startups, if you want to succeed as a startup, most of the startups immediately aim either Western Europe, Germany, uh, UK, DAC region, or uh, US. But that's uh, we can see more of them now targeting Asia as well. But very few of them have started out in Serbia. That's where they roll out in the end, basically. So it's so interesting that um, instead of 
you starting out in Serbia and then going to some of the countries, you know, the, the 25 million that you're immediately going to Western Europe, to, to Germany. Um, is, is it Germany because it's one of the biggest EU countries? Well, yeah, um, it's, it, it is. Germany generally has a strong economic relationship with Serbia, uh, and we have a huge diaspora uh, in, in Germany, so that must be a case. Uh, most of the Serbs have been to Germany, at least. Uh, but generally, Germany is uh, even looking for global startups, one of the biggest markets. So it's the one uh, where Serbian startups generally have uh uh, customers from and it's not only startups even Serbia has a very strong ICT services industry and if you look at their revenue as well it's uh, dark region is quite prominent uh, so so that that's probably related I think because there's so much talent in, in Serbia and you know people wanting to uh, make use of that talent either within Serbia or when you're exporting you guys and gals uh, out to the other countries so um when we spoke earlier, you know, we were talking about how the Netherlands focuses a lot on payments, fraud detection, analytics. Um, but you mentioned that blockchain, crypto, tokenomics, they're very hot and anything to do with gaming. Uh, can you tell a bit more about this? You're right. Regarding the domains that uh, Serbian startups are targeting, uh, I would say that uh, recently, or let's say, uh, uh, logically speaking, uh, one of the uh, top domains for startups is uh, agriculture, because 65% of our territory is actually uh, uh, dedicated to the uh, agriculture. But yeah, uh, regarding the most successful startups with good uh, international presence and big investments, uh, gaming is uh, number one. Uh, first of all, thanks to uh, companies like uh, Nordius uh, and uh, uh, Trilateral. Uh, and they have created a really, really great ecosystem of uh, IT experts in 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 designers and everything else that that uh, accompanies these domains. And and uh, yeah, uh, I would say that blockchain is the second one, and everything related to blockchain to tokenomics uh, is uh, really strong. And for a long time, we were well, like in top five uh, um, countries with respect to the talent. Uh, but now that blockchain technologies are more, let's say, affordable technologically speaking, I think that that kind of, of uh, ranking is not relevant anymore. But nevertheless, uh, the uh, technology is still here. The, the startups are still innovating and applying this technology uh, in different domains. So blockchain is, is it, on, on its own. It, it's not like a domain a technology. Mastering and, and startups are uh, innovating on top of it different services. So, yeah. Indeed, That's I was reading um, in the Central and Eastern European FinTech Atlas that in 2021, they were saying Serbia is considered one of the top five countries in the world with the best developers in this field. So I think that's amazing. Um, and just sorry for jumping in. No, please. In, uh, Serbia was really one of the first, let's say, communities and countries that were among developers that were early adopters. And that brought us uh, a lot of good karma when we speak about blockchain technology. So there are a lot of relevant companies that were starting out, then dying out uh, as it's common uh, in this sector. But uh, the people with immense talent 
both for tech and for business stayed uh, in the ecosystem. And you can now locate uh, Serbian people at some of the biggest uh, blockchain companies globally. Uh, some of them have are strongly represented here. Some of them work remote. Some of them moved out. But basically, there is this really uh, strong Serbian uh, relationship. And uh, right now, I just got the most recent uh, data. There are currently more than 40 startups just in the blockchain segment in Serbia, which is quite a high number if you look at it as we spoke uh, for the size of the country. So I think that's something that that's going to be growing even further. Any ideas on like 40 out of, I don't know, 400 uh, startups or? Yeah, I would say 40 out of 400. So Amazing, that's- 10%. That's a really big amount. Mm-hmm. So fantastic. So um, on the gamification side or gaming side, do you see any adjacents with fintech? Um, we have seen here in the Netherlands some uh, companies that are, gamifying investments or financial literacy and stuff like that. Do you have uh, any examples in Serbia of this type of thing? Honestly, no. (laughs) But uh, um, here, I think most of the connections uh, are between fintech and uh, the blockchain sector. And then there are, there's also, when we speak about fintech, uh, I think in Serbia, we should speak beyond the, the, the startup segment as well. Uh, so, for example, if you look at the top 10 uh, fintech companies, three out of those 10 have a really, really strong presence in Serbia. So, for example, NCR has more than 4,000 people. Uh, they have even an, a strong R&D unit, uh, uh, business and marketing unit. Uh, FIS uh, is also for quite a long time here and, and very strong. So the back end of the payment systems and uh, BlackRock, they they came here through uh, acquisitions and are constantly growing in terms of R&D and also this sales segment. And there are also some smaller companies banks are uh, some banks um, which are international banks but are starting to develop uh, R&D segments in Serbia that are building uh, products uh, for the whole group so those are some uh, very interesting developments uh, in terms of talent when we talk about fintech uh, what is when we talk about startups and innovations that come out of Serbia there's not that many of them in fintech sector. And one of the reasons is what we talked before, uh, the local market. So the local market is small. And also the regulation when it comes to building uh, fintechs can be uh, occasionally challenging. And even when we speak about fintech, uh, when you want to roll out in the EU, you need to, uh, it's the same regulation and it's enough for you to get a license in one EU country. And uh, for Serbia, it it goes uh, the other way. So you have to get a license in Serbia, which is equally complicated as getting a license anywhere in the EU. But you only cover Serbian market. And I think that the comp that the the people here don't have this are a bit afraid of this bureaucracy. And fintech is a bit more regulated than other uh, startup uh, segments. So so we don't see them. It's not like it's not existing, but uh, it's not. When you look at the talent pool, it's way lower than expected, uh, the number of fintech startups. I can understand that. I mean, any um, 
country, if dealing with regulators is difficult, then uh, it's going to make that harder. Just curious, like about the population itself, you know, how many people are working with digital banking solutions um, now? Is it there a big adoption uh, or is it cash based? You caught me off guard with this question, Milenko. Do you know maybe? Yeah, basically, as a let's say, with a company of my own, I would say that in the uh, recent years, with some new regulations, uh, we are uh, pushed uh, for better, of course, to be using these uh, electronic services, for example, for invoicing and everything else. First of all, it, it, it's for internal use. So uh, all the invoices between Serbian companies now come from through a centralized system. So you have the the overview of everything. Uh, it's still to be expanded to the uh, uh, foreign exchanges. So for everything international. Uh, regarding the actual payments and fiscalization, it's full blown. I mean, uh, people are using the the uh, uh, um, e banking more and more. Uh, also, there is the rise of e-commerce in general, uh, with some really, really big uh, uh, companies uh, starting their e-commerce e services in, in Serbia. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say that uh, from on a monthly level, we have a, a large increase of, of uh, uh, e-banking users. So, yeah, I would say that we are safe there, definitely. And, uh, yeah, I, I uh, came across an interesting, uh, let's say, quotation not sure who said it uh, or if that's like uh, it's just uh, a, a common phrasing that serbia is quite similar to the european countries uh, and the, the reason that here there are not that many successful fintech companies when you compare with uh, the united states or even asia is for example that uh, here as well as, uh, as in europe with all these bureaucratic uh, let's say uh, uh, overheads and regulations uh, we always think that uh, what is not allowed is forbidden, while in the other uh, more lucrative uh, markets, what is not forbidden is allowed. So um, that, nice that's quote. Yeah, that, that's that sums it up pretty much. Into a context, why uh, our entrepreneurs are a little bit afraid of the fintech sector because of all the regulations and our National Bank of Serbia is super rigid. So uh, there's no workarounds uh, at the moment, and at least uh, uh, there is like a big risk of being fined or uh, being forbidden to operate. So yeah, with that in mind, there is like a limited set of uh, 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 really open opportunities that entrepreneurs do take. So this is why the blockchain is actually uh, uh, let's, uh, one of the big uh, driving factors of fintech in Serbia. So one of the other companies we talked about last time was helping SMEs um, with their their financing, Pentabank. That was from a, um, someone, you know, Lav, um, who's also from Belgrade, and, and now he has a, another startup. Can you say exactly. anything about that? Uh, exactly. You mentioned that, you know, one of the Penta founders, uh, Penta got acquired, uh, and one, one of their founders is from Belgrade, uh, and he's now, again, back in Belgrade, starting his own uh, uh, new business. Uh, it's called Relio. It's uh, it's helping uh, SMEs open up a bank account in Switzerland and guide them through KYC process. And it should be, uh, they're trying to simplify uh, that process for SMEs. There are some other relevant fintechs uh, as well. 
we have uh, LeanPay, which is uh, the fintech, which, which is which started out in the region, but is now uh, broadening. Uh, and LeanPay is by now pay later solution, but is focused on, um, let's put it this way, like larger uh, purchases, 5K and above. Uh, another one which is interesting and for me it's it's a typical solution that came out from a local problem but it's actually a global uh, solution uh, it's a startup cre credium and they are present here in the region but also in the middle east and they uh, help with uh, expat uh, they they help expat and cross border mortgages so if you nice. want buy an apartment um, in your home country, but you're not living in there or anywhere abroad, they basically uh, help you out with setting up a mortgage for that. So if you're into, everyone is now buying apartments in Belgrade, that's uh, another craze. I think that's also uh, something that happened uh, recently and probably was one of the things behind uh, credit. But um, I met uh, a company recently that's doing that for Nigeria. They're based in the UK called EDOC. So this is problem um even somebody i worked with at abnormal was saying well actually there are a lot of indians that could use this type of solution so this is great exactly yeah they started with middle east and our region because there is a lot of diaspora and investors uh, in those two regions but i'm sure they will be spreading out further so uh, maybe you'll hear about them more well, I, I would love to actually be connected with them. So that'd be great to discuss more offline. What about um, things like GDPR? Um, you know, do you have uh, startups in that area or cybersecurity? I, I read about a company called Trickius uh, that got some good investment from Early Bird, um, very well-known VC in Berlin. You did your homework. Uh, yeah, Trickist is uh, relevant in in this cybersecurity area. There, there is um, um, maybe worth of mentioning. Uh, not that uh, into uh, fintech, but it's maybe related to this broader perspective. And it's uh, a blockchain startup that uh, raised uh, quite, uh, let's put it uh, this way, large amounts of money, uh, over sixty million from Excel Capital and Point Nine, among other uh, relevant investors. And they are basically. Uh, helping monitoring smart contracts so it's a platform for monitoring smart contracts and they are the global leader in this area when it comes to the blockchain community and they are based here in belgrade that's amazing uh, and there are constantly it's it's interesting to look uh, again when we speak about uh, the blockchain uh, we have uh, a strong uh, local company that started out as uh, as a service provider but uh, became a significant part of partner in building uh, really some uh, big uh, blockchain uh, projects and now he, uh, migrated towards a venture builder uh, and in from their kitchen let's put it that way there's constantly mm -hmm. uh, something new uh, going out uh, so for example uh, they, they now founded they just recently released uh, a self-custody business wallet uh, for finance, crypto finance operations. So, so there's always something that's related to both fintech and blockchain. And uh, as as said, there's a lot of it. So, um, 
Can we talk about the crypto and, and the tokenomic side of things? Because there's some really interesting projects that I've seen out there, and I'm just curious uh, to what extent you would see them in, in Serbia, like uh, helping investors who want to get into a large um, apartment complex, right? And normally you can't finance, um, be part of that financing, but if you can tokenize it, then you can. Is so that something that you see? Uh, so there's just maybe as a short intro, uh, Milenko mentioned this uh, mantra of if it's not allowed, it's forbidden. It's actually related. It's not like a mindset of entrepreneurs. It's the norm of our law on uh, uh, one of the biggest uh, finance-related laws and regulations in Serbia. It's a law on foreign trade. And it's basically... It says if it's not in the law permitted, you shouldn't do it. And when we look at the crypto regulation, um, the the regulator did regulate. So we we have um, uh, we were one of the first uh, uh, European countries that uh, designed its own uh, law on digital assets. Uh, and when we talked with people from the crypto and blockchain community, uh, you know, they were, until you have a law, you're constantly in the gray area. You're operating in, in the gray zone. And this law is very similar to the European one at some points, maybe even a bit more liberal. Uh, but but I would say that our regulator, regulator saw this um, uh, as relevant and helped crypto and blockchain entrepreneurs and crypto businesses uh, play better uh, in the market. Um, Thank you. I think Malinko might want to say something about this too. Is that true? So uh, regarding, first of all, some of the notable names, I, I would really say because uh, these guys are doing some great stuff. Uh, as I told at, at the beginning of this session, FinSpot is a really good solution where uh, these B2B invoices are you are open for investments. So basically they are uh, this factoring system. They uh, allow businesses to, uh, or whoever wants to invest, to invest into these uh, invoices as collaterals. Uh, they also have uh, one of the first regulated tokens uh, under the new uh, regulation. So this is also a shout out uh, for them following up through all the uh, new newly set up regulations. We know that that process is not really great that uh, communication and, and working with the National Bank of Serbia is not like the most startup-friendly <laughs> institution. Uh, our experience, uh, or my own experience, together with my co-founders of uh, a startup called Vladam, is that we have implemented a solution that uh, uses artificial intelligence to uh, automatically trade uh, cryptocurrencies on, on different uh, exchange markets. Uh, but it was uncustodial. Uh, basically, we don't own any resources. We're just sending the signals to the uh, traders so that they can employ them uh, at their own uh, time and how, however they want to do that. So uh, at one point, we had uh, something around 3 million uh, assets under management uh, in US dollars. Uh, so on a rise, really, a lot of attention, a lot of people trying uh, the solution. Uh, we also participated in multiple events, got uh, a grant from the Serbia Innovation Fund, and then the uh, regulation came in. And uh, we were, uh, let's say, 
some, some people uh, basically recommended to us not to pursue the uh, the license because there was a little bit of misconception, misunderstanding uh, about the technologies that fall under the licensing. So, but we <laughs> wanted to really get this uh, uh, license and uh, the process was really cumbersome. And after a year and a half of collecting a lot of documentation, trying uh, different uh, approaches to convince them about uh, uh, what we want to do and why maybe we are not like a full blown financial institution, uh yeah uh, we didn't get the license and uh, as being on their radar they just said we need to seize the uh, to the, the services so we need uh, we had to close this startup uh we're now investigating maybe some other markets but nevertheless uh, i would say that the main message here is that these regulations that come in uh, should probably uh there should be some kind of pilot programs especially for startups just to try to uh, uh, prepare for license to be regulatory compliant in a specific period with some relaxed conditions uh, for a domestic startup, uh, basically. Uh, we have is, that and we see that with the the UK as well, you know, that to allow a little bit of experimentation, have a sandbox, um, it's very, very helpful. Especially here, it was just, yeah, we came up with a regulation, you need to comply. Even they didn't know uh, what are some of the definitions. So I would say that, uh, yeah, it was not prepared that good. And uh, by the nature of Serbia being a really great uh, market for blockchain solution, tokenomics and everything else, I really uh, would like to see that that the uh, uh, national regulators approach this in, in a much, much better way. Uh, so at the moment, I think only two uh, uh, organizations have this license. One is the ECD, like the, the only uh, cryptocurrency exchange uh, in Serbia. So they have to exist in, in order for you to, to buy cryptocurrency legally uh, for uh, serving dinners. And the other one is actually doing similar thing that Vladan uh, was doing, uh, but yeah, they came better prepared with more resources and, and everything else that needed to be invested. Uh, so they got that, that license as well. So it uh, goes to show that it's not easy to obtain it. Uh, and uh, these kind of regulations definitely be thought of a, a little bit more uh, to be startup friendly. Well, I hope that within your ecosystem, there are ways that you can connect to the regulators. Because certainly here, I, I see with Holland FinTech that Don is often speaking to the regulators, not just the Dutch ones, also at a European level. Um, and I think that that dialogue is just really so, so important. I'm going to go back to um, the funding scene for just a minute, because I was also reading uh, in the Serbian Monitor that about $325 million went to uh, startups in Serbia in 21 and 22. And of those, like 78% uh, of the funding went to SaaS solutions. Or is that something that you see? And um, what about also they're saying that half of it uh, went to pre-seed phase, which is unusual because I see at the moment, at least, much more money in, in the Dutch market going towards uh, a little bit later stage to the seed and series A. Uh, so our experience is is uh, a startup is yet yeah, the the seed uh, investments and seed rounds are not that lucrative and uh, people think that uh, the the uh, market is a bit cheaper in a sense that the 
uh, workforce is a bit cheaper than in Western world. Uh, but if we are talking about IT experts that most of the tech startups actually require, like to take off, uh, it's not that much the case. So basically, uh, you need to pay people quite a lot. Uh, so the investments uh, that are typically like even five to six times on average less, I mean, I, I'm talking about precedency investments, uh, uh, five to six times less than uh, in other more lucrative startup ecosystems uh, are uh, spent much quicker. So basically, you, um, I, I found on, on, on this uh, startup genome that, for example, there is uh, median seed round is 350K uh, US dollars. Uh, mid median uh, Series A round, which is not that, uh, let's say, common or, or basically only a couple of them exist, is 9.4 million. So it is above the average, while the seed is much, much lower than the average. So uh, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, uh, and uh, from my own experience in many of these startup competitions, in, in some early uh, discussions with uh, uh, angel investors, any kind of investors, they always want to see traction. Even if the technology is super new, super innovative, okay. just needs a little bit of push. Uh, no, you need to show a, a, a good traction. Uh, and uh, the other thing is that as soon as you start negotiating the, the investment, you need to incorporate in, in some of the more stable economies, let's call it like that, in the States, in, in the Western Europe. So that is also a, a little bit of overhead. And uh, yeah, uh, that is the situation. And uh, I would say that this uh, really push for showing the, the uh, uh, traction in a sense of, of even some significant earnings from your services it's not ideal for pre-seed and seed investments. I mean, yes, I totally, I totally understand that. Often we talk about the difference in risk appetite between the U.S., where I'm from, and the Netherlands um, or Western Europe, wanting to see so much more traction. And I did find it interesting uh, in my reading that there's more interest from American investors uh, than from EU investors. It looked like 82 um, percent was coming from the U.S. and 16 only from Europe. Did, is that something you uh, recognize? Um, well, it's interesting in the sense that you can see the very the, the most successful startups in Serbia who raise outside of the country usually raise from U.S. investors. Mm -hmm. It's because they are aiming to get the funding from the best of the best, and then that's usually the case. Uh, but I would just add on this, uh, I was lucky enough that when Startup Genome started looking at Belgrade and Novi Sad, uh, I collaborated and uh, was part of their uh, their research in that sense. And you can see, uh, and I think it's a very important note, Elizabeth, that you did uh, see is that there is um, large amounts of money in the pre-seed uh, phase. It's normal whenever the ecosystem is in its early stages. So we cannot be compared with the ecosystem in Netherlands in sense of that the startups are maturing differently. Uh, I also completely agree with Milenko. The, the rounds, especially in the pre-seed, are way low, pre-seed and seed are lower than uh, what's to be expected in the US and the EU. But based on my current uh so the data that i got through 
startup genome, but also uh, doing a bunch of like lo different uh, local uh, research. Uh, I think that the funding opportunities in Serbia are growing significantly. And when you uh, the, recently there was um, a call for fund of funds, I know that in Netherlands it's a normal thing and it's a, it exists. Yeah. Uh, for ADIS, but and nowhere in the Balkans was that done, uh, and it was really done and designed in a, in a in a competitive way in terms that it's not going to be to one fund but to three funds, so nice. that they can basically compete with each other. So you don't Absolutely. have big, that's uh, great. Um, uh, maybe one of them, uh, I think one is almost finalized in terms of uh, I think it's even public. Uh, the other two are in this announcement process, but I think it will be a significant boost when you look at the general crisis. Oh, absolutely. Well, that will be definitely a big boost. I have actually been wanting to invest in funds of funds. I just can't get the folks from Great Stuff Ventures over the line, but you never know. Maybe never know. I wanted the next uh, podcast. Maybe I can. One of the last questions I'd like to ask um, has to do with banks that have partnerships that are, that are really engaged in your ecosystem. Because I remember you telling me about one of the banks that has this yearly hackathon, maybe in September or something like that. So yeah, I mentioned the uh, Raiffeisen Bank. It's an Austrian bank, uh, and they they are really active from early on when it comes uh, when when it comes to building uh, the fintech startup ecosystem. They brought they, they they generally as an HQ they have like a global program elevator lab, but Raiffeisen decided to push uh, it to the regional level. They they are organizing it uh, uh, competitions, regional competitions for fintechs in Belgrade. They hand out. Uh, prizes which are which are not low at all uh they go up to 10k per startup which is a grant nice. uh, for the winner and then they help them uh, prepare for uh, getting into their uh global program which is also uh it, it, it's equity free uh basically they they want you want to be your customer uh instead nice. of investing in you so in that sense i think it that cooperation, we can, uh, for example, Milenko mentioned FinSpot. FinSpot was one of their alumni, let, let's say, it, from that mm -hmm. program. That's something that, that we see that's happening and that's relevant. Uh, also, Raiffeisen Bank was interesting because they moved some of their HQ uh, digital teams uh, to Belgrade. So they are building some of their solutions uh, from out, out, of, out of here. So that might be, again, a significant boost for our fintech innovation. So let's see how that rolls out. And another one that I would mention also is NCR. I mentioned them already, but they built... Mm -hmm. Uh, the the only second campus that they have globally, apart from their their HQ, is now in Belgrade. Uh, for this for is great. This will help the ecosystem so much. I mean, just the fact that you had told us before that Raiffeisen, you know, for the entire Balkan regions, everybody is coming to to you guys for the pitch. That just shows the confidence in the area. So this these are great great um, developments. Is there anything else that you'd like to, to say or a shout out to people who, you know, still don't know uh, enough and would like to find out more? So just one for me, uh, we talked about blockchain. So maybe the next, uh, maybe all of those interested could, could come by uh, for some, for blockchain, Belgrade Blockchain Week. It, it happens, I think next year it will happen again in June. It was this June. Uh, it had a great, it, it had several different uh, uh, modules for for various peoples and even hackathon uh, Ethereum hackathon with the prizes of twenty two k, 
Uh, so that that was quite high. So I think that uh, it might be interesting for everyone who wants to find out more what's happening, not just in Serbia, but in the region on blockchain and blockchain fintechs, that might be a place to be. It sounds great. Um, Malinko, would you be able to say hi to Love? Because Pintbank was indeed one of the startup bootcamp companies in the past. Yeah. Uh, well, what I want, how I would like to, to end my participation in this webinar is that uh, Serbia is great regarding IT talent and everything that surrounds the, the IT talent with all the managers uh, and uh, people making these great companies. So I would say that that is our, the, the strongest point of our ecosystem. A lot of talent, a lot of know-how coming from working in research centers for uh, big companies, including fintech itself. So it's just a matter of time and a matter of little bit uh, more uh, relaxed uh, uh, regulation uh, that the fintech actually uh, explodes in Serbia and in the region. So I'm really looking forward to, 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 to this point. So uh, many specific shout outs, <laughs> uh, nothing at the moment. Uh, I mean, uh, you did mention GDPR, so, so maybe a, 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 a shout out for Proce, as you can see here, uh, if anybody wants to see that, it's like uh, a really cool solution that, that you can try. So that's well, Tell us my- a little bit about it. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, it applies artificial intelligence to read uh, privacy policies, uh, those really things that, that we accept and uh, never see and never read. Uh, reads privacy policies on behalf of uh, end users and provides them with key takeaways. Uh, and uh, the other thing is that also it is a B2B solution that allows companies to check what uh, privacy-sensitive individuals think about their, their privacy practice, so like a mm-hmm. living lab testing privacy practices before you go live. So really think that this will become more and more important for people going forward with uh, all the AI-related things happening uh, and uh, all the time you, you uh, hear where your data is going and uh, who is benefiting from it. And that, that, that's very important. Yeah. Thank you so much for telling us about that. So thank you, both of you. Um, It's been wonderful to find out more about the Serbian ecosystem. And with my investor hat on, I also uh, invite you to anytime you see a great company. And Malenko, if you're interested too in your pre-seed or seed raise, then reach out to me. Thank you. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe, a Provoke Media podcast in cooperation with Fintech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.